Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mike on Howie. Chris on Soups. Mace on Hal and Matt on Group. Wake up Wednesday and we feeling it like nothing can intrude as we read in the tome of big stacks, singles bagged and boarded. Fitted in a box in the lab recording. Thoughts as they come, whatever they be. Comics is a world that we become. Sit back, listen to the man he sold. Wherever you are, wherever you're from, the Wednesday show is for all of y'all who leaf through books in solitude. Open up worlds that you dream of. The following show is from us to you. Peace. I see me and come through. They're like, oh yeah. See me and I'm deeper. Like, oh yeah. So Jimmy can crack corn and I don't care. Welcome to another edition of Wednesday Comic Book Show. It's me, your host, Mike. Welcome to another edition of the Wednesday Comic Book Show. It's me, your host, Mike. And welcome to another edition of Wednesday Comic Book Show. It's me, your host, Mike. Oh, dear. It's Wednesday. Hump day. Get that hump day day. Special edition. Of the Wednesday comic book show. How's it special you ask? Well. It's not that special. Uh, I've done this before. But this is kind of a. Uh... Actually I haven't done this before. Well this is a special <laughs> issue. Get your shit together before you start recording bro. Get it together. So this is going to be an episode. Uh, dedicated to Iron Fist. Saying it out loud, I said it incorrectly. Iron Fist. Iron Fist, not the show. Not yet. But the comic book character. So this is how this podcast emerged. I was going to do uh, Batman and Daredevil today. And maybe Injection, because that finally came out. Or came back out. Uh, it's a Warren Ellis comic that I really enjoyed and I never did on the show because it was too confusing to talk about. So <laughs> after the many months hiatus and I've forgotten everything about it, then I'm going to talk about it next week. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, I decided because there was so much buzz surrounding the Iron Fist TV series that one of the things that I realized is I didn't, when people were, were telling me about what the reviews were, and the nature of the re- reviews and stuff, I was not surprised. That was one. Two, I didn't know who the fuck Iron Fist was. And I just realized that. Thought I knew who he was. Didn't know who he was at all. Because then there was a question of whitewashing and stuff like that. Where I was like, I thought Iron Fist was a white dude. And he is, for the most part, a white dude. I actually, I couldn't find a, is Danny Rand white? Let me fucking figure this shit out. <laughs> I couldn't find an instance where he was not a white dude. And so I was like, I was confused about 
I was confused about what the critique was. I guess what the critique was, this is what the critique is. I'm just going to make the critique uh, without even reading. What I think, what I would imagine the critique would be is that the character of Iron Fist is so fucked up and Orientalist. Like, it, it, it takes so much from Chinese culture and it centralizes a white male character and in order to sort of make up for the diversity that the comic lacks, what Marvel should do is – and I mean this wouldn't be anathema to uh, comic book or, or superhero lore. It's just cast an Asian American. Just cast an Asian American, cast a Chinese American to play Iron Fist. Like who gives a shit? I mean – they fucked it up in the comics. You can get it right in the TV show. That's not an excuse, right? And so I imagine that's what the critique is. But from what I'm standing, Danny Rand is a white dude. And, like, that's what the fuck he was in the comics. So I don't really begrudge them that. But I understand the critiques. I do understand the critiques that I literally just made up. <laughs> so, okay, so... Yeah, I didn't know who Iron Fist was, uh, so I read a, a a run that was published in between the years 2014 and 2015. It's called Iron Fist, The Living Weapon, and The Living Weapon is uh, a moniker that he received decades ago, and what this uh, story, it was a 12-issue run that was written and illustrated by somebody named care k-a-a-r-e maybe carrie uh kyle andrews wrote and illustrated this and before i get into it i i do want to i want to read some of the rotten tomatoes reviews of iron fist the tv series because I feel like my my goal, this is what my goal is. My goal is to do this this week, then release the, the Batman and Daredevil thing next week, and then the week after to then return to the show and then do a, a podcast dedicated to the show. But it, that, So that's my goal. But here's what I think will happen. What I think is going to happen is that I'm going to start watching the show and like Luke Cage, I'm going to hit the middle of the season where it always is fucking just a nightmare and a disaster. And I'm going to quit. And the other thing is that I'm already predisposed to not liking this because, spoiler alert, I don't, I'm not, I don't really like the character that much. Um, and the reviews are just fucking horrible. So the show was probably going to be fucking horrible. But the other thing is that I'm looking at it right now, and it's a, at a 14%, but it's only 22 critics. 19 of them say it sucks. Three of them say it's okay. So perhaps, maybe, I don't know, this would be unprecedented, a lot more reviews would come in when the show actually starts streaming that are positive and tips the, tips the percentage up. But let me just read some of the headlines. So this guy, Travis Johnson from Filmink, Australia, a top critic doesn't what I've never heard of this fucking magazine. Uh, not a complete mess, but it's a significant step down in quality. 
All right. That's, that's not terrible. Um, Trent Moore from Paste Magazine. Sounds reputable. For viewers who have grown accustomed to the genre-defying tales of Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, Iron Fist feels like a paint-by-numbers project, trying to check the right boxes in time for the Defenders. And that's just not good enough. Not anymore. (laughs) Come on, Trent. You can do better than that. Also, I'm mad that he said the genre-defying tales of Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. What genres? What are you talking about? Oh, it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't, that's so fucking crazy. For me to agree with that critique, I have to agree with the premise. And I don't even agree with the premise. The genre-defying tales of Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. What are you talking about, Trent? We've talked about this. Oh, I'm never reading Paste Magazine again. Eric Eisenberg for CinemaBlend.com. See, at least it has fucking cinema in it. Eisenberg writes, nothing in Iron Fist is more shockingly underwhelming than its trio of antagonists. Boo. That's a fucking bummer to read. I I can deal with shitty, I can deal with shitty lead. I can't deal with shitty villains. Shitty villains is a bummer. I hope that's not true. <sighs> James Whitbrook from Gizmodo. Far inferior to its early predecessors, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. Okay, so here's that. That's okay. That's unfair. I mean, it's not unfair. I understand as a critic that you have to. That you have to. Was it Roger Ebert? It was somebody who said that you, you, in order to be a critic, a film critic, you have to review things relatively, not absolutely. Um, so you, in 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 that means basically that if you if a movie comes out and it's a comic book movie and it's a popcorn movie like Iron Man Iron Man comes out you have to cater your review around the sensibilities of films in a similar type of genre so Iron Man comes out you rate it next to Spider-Man not Shawshank Redemption So in that way, I guess saying it's inferior to Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage, that's fair. But it's also like uh, there's a degree to which that is like that's going to it's going to be a a, 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 it's going to be a fucking letdown because people are assuming and expecting the same quality from Marvel every single time. And this is why the backlash has been so pronounced is because. People are just aren't used to Marvel, quote unquote, failing. So I'm curious to see what the the actual failure is here, because a lot of series that I find to be like contemptible pieces of television get great reviews on this relative scale. So Luke Cage, when it's put in, in into conversation with other television series like Flash and Supergirl and uh, Daredevil and, and Jessica Jones gets fucking great, awesome reviews. And then I watch that as somebody who doesn't particularly like televised versions of superheroes, and I go, this is nonsense. You have a fucking Future Academy Award winner here in the dude from uh, Moonlight. I know his name, but I can't pronounce it. I think it's Mashurla Ali. <laughs> You get that dude in there, and 
when he won an Academy Award, I was like, oh, what? What happened to the Oscars? And then I saw Moonlight, and I was like, oh, that motherfucker can act his ass off. The problem is that Luke Cage sucked. It was written terribly. And Cottonmouth was a fucking bum-ass character with bum-ass lines on this fucking... Like, did did anybody else take issue with that fucking afro Luke Cage had in jail? Like, everything about that show was so fucking bad to me that I could not... I couldn't fathom people saying it was, like, it was great. And so, in my mind... 14% 14% on Rotten Tomatoes for Iron Fist makes sense. But doesn't make sense is 90% on Rotten Tomatoes with Luke Cage. That's fucking crazy. And I didn't mean to start this podcast talking all this shit. <laughs> but I just... I, it, this, this does kind of incense me because I feel like I always feel like I'm in the wrong here. I always feel like I'm the one who's incorrect here. And it, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's what Luke Cage got. 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, who, how, how on earth did it get 96% on Rotten Tomatoes? So many people fucking liked it. And then I read the reviews for, for instance, this one, Angelica Jade Bastian, The Village Voice. So I've heard of The Village Voice. This is the first fucking uh, actual like magazine that I've heard of here. Such an epic personal struggle should elevate our understanding of his character and at least be visually dynamic. I would, I would say the same thing about Luke Cage. I would say there's a bunch of fucking to-do in that show about this dude and the shit he's going through. Same shit with Jessica Jones. Same shit with Matt Murdock and Daredevil. Same shit across the board. They're all dealing with this, like, fucking epic personal struggle on the inside, tearing them apart. And at the end of the day, I don't understand anything about their character. I don't give a fuck about their characters. And with the exception of Daredevil... Not particularly visually dynamic. I could say that about all of these goddamn series. So I feel like the crazy one when all these fucking shows are coming out and everyone's like, man, did you see that shit? It was fucking rad. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah fucking rad, fucking rad, fucking rad. Um, one more. I want to read the, or two more. So we'll do Rolling Stone and Entertainment Weekly. I just got to the ones that I know of. So Rob Sheffield from Rolling Stone says, Iron Fist's hero can't seem to muster any inner turmoil beyond the occasional harsh vibe. <laughs> God, dog. <laughs> God. <laughs> they fucking harshed his mellow once in the series. <laughs> and Rob Sheffield was like, what? That's it? Get pissed, bro. <laughs> Iron Fist's like, nah, man. I'm just like... Not feeling this right now. <laughs> not feeling my my parents died in an avalanche. Not feeling that shit, dude. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be much of anything going on in his skull. God damn, son! Rob Sheffield is a savage. 
His mystic Zen quotes go over like a Wayne's World setup minus the punchline. Damn. Rob Sheffield is a savage. <laughs> Jeff Jensen, Entertainment Weekly. Marvel's Iron Fist isn't just the wimpiest punch ever thrown by the world's mightiest superhero factory. The new Netflix binge swings and misses so bad that it spins itself around and slaps itself silly with a weirdly flaccid hand. Hey, Jeff Jensen. What are you doing, bro? Be more like Rob Sheffield. You tried to go in on it and you just like, you just made a dick joke. Anyway, so yeah, the reviews haven't been great. The reviews haven't been great. But here's the other, here's the other, this is the other thing that I would contend is probably an issue with the series. The character himself, kind of whack. So let's start uh, talking about the Iron Fist, the living weapon by Care Kyle Andrews. Wrote and illustrated all of it. 12 issue arc. I'm going to go through all of the issues and, and discuss them not as closely as I would generally speaking. Um, with uh, when I do one or two comics, is twelve comics. I don't feel like doing this for fucking seventeen hours in a million years. Um, but what what will be highlighted, what will be sort of clear at the end of this, is Iron Fist origin. If you haven't if you haven't heard of it, if you don't know Iron Fist, like I didn't, um, and so I'll read a blurb, and this is the blurb that uh, Care Kyle Andrews uh, put at the beginning of every issue or most issues to describe the origin of Iron Fist. So it says, as a child, Daniel Rand accompanied his father, mother, and his father's business partner, Harold Meacham, high into the mountains of Tibet to find the mystical city of Kunlun. Tragedy struck and young Danny was orphaned only to be rescued and raised by the inhabitants of Kunlun. Danny grew to be a warrior, defeated the dragon Shao Lu to gain the power of the Iron Fist. But instead of joining his adopted people in an immortal paradise, he chose to leave and seek vengeance on the man responsible for his parents' death. <sighs> All right, so out the gate. The problem with this story is that Iron Fist was uh, invented in, I think... He was invented in 1971. How close am I? How close am I? How close am I? How close am I? Iron Fist was 1974. Sorry. Sorry. 1974. Um, he was created by Roy Thomas. Roy Thomas, famous for being the editor-in-chief of Marvel after Stan Lee. He took that job from Stan Lee, and he wrote... Um, the he took up the X Men run after Stanley, and the only reason I know that is because I'm currently reading those old ass X Men, um, as evidenced by my Throwback Wednesday. Got one of those coming up soon too, because yo, the X Men gets so much better. The X Men gets so much better. Like, I don't remember exactly how many issues in, but around the time the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants leaves. Pretty weirdly, I would say, too. I wouldn't have expected that. But around issue 10, issue 11, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants leaves. And then uh, Stanley tells a two-part story of, about Kane Marco, a.k.a. the Juggernaut, and his relationship to Professor Xavier. And then after that, the story of the Sentinels, which is fucking awesome and rad. So there's like a whole bunch of lore that Stanley creates 
on his way out of writing the comic. He starts he stops writing the comic around issue nineteen, issue twenty, I think issue nineteen. And then Roy Thomas takes over um in a I would say uh debatable <laughs> series of the X-Men. But yeah, that was just something weird. Um and Roy Thomas also invented Iron Fist, hence why I was talking about him. So Iron Fist invented 1971. We already had a bunch of characters in 1971 who were rich kids. Tragedy befell their parents. We already had too many. I think after Batman, you have too many. Like, Batman is enough. But you also have, like, Green Arrow and shit. Who appeared in 1941. And you also have Tony Stark and shit. Like... The the rich superhero thing had already been l- pretty well established at this point. And to add another one to the mix, although to be fair, Marvel had just started around the 60s. It was like a lot younger than DC. But it's it's still it still was like when I got when I started reading it, I was like, God damn, this is Oliver Queen, this is just Bruce Wayne's Tony Stark. This is all of these like f- Famous, huge superheroes who have a ton of money, all this time, all this disposable income, and the wherewithal somehow to do kung fu and shit like that. The thing that saves Danny Rand is Danny Rand's powers are separate from that, at least in this run. In this run, his, 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 his powers exist on this other plane, on this like fucking literally on this other plane of existence. In this magical land of Kunlun and the, and the fucking Tibetan mountains, and there's like portals that you have to go in and out of. And the Iron Fist, there's 66 of them, and he inherits that power um, through like a fucking dragon that powers his fist to be this incredible uh, power that that takes the chi of the people of Kunlun and and like channels it into so it's really cool there's like this there's this mythology associated with it hence why people are like this probably shouldn't be a white person it's like y'all already stole all this culture in the 70s why don't you just give it back in 2017 we can just do it that way or you could just keep stealing that culture and then they were like we're just gonna keep stealing the culture because that's how it's in the comics and comics are god and it's like not really um so let's start at issue one so issue one begins with um iron fist's return and assassination of his father's business partner Harold Meacham. I didn't realize when I was reading this how important this 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 whole thing is. I mean, this origin story is very very important. So that's why um Caracal Andrew starts with a flashback to the trip with uh Danny Rand's parents to Kunlun in the snowy Tibetan mountains. So Danny, his mom, his dad and his dad's business partner Harold Meacham um are up in the mountains. They're all pissed at Danny's dad, Wendell, because he sent away the guides who are helping them get up the mountain so that they can get to Kunlun faster and they'd have more food and they wouldn't have to feed the guides and shit. The conditions are getting awful and uh, they're arguing amongst each other and Harold's like, fuck this, I'm gonna send for help. So he shoots a flare up. Problem is, he shot a flare up on a fucking mountain full of covered in snow. Avalanche starts. Holy shit. Cut away from that briefly to the present. Um, Danny Rand is fucking this girl in 
his apartment high up in New York City and shit like that. And this girl, somebody named Brenda, we don't really know. This is a very important character, but we don't find out until the very last issue. <laughs> so introducing the first issue, Danny's fucking this girl, Brenda. Um, all of a sudden, he gets attacked by ninjas. He fucks the ninjas up, not before they destroy the Rand building. So they implode the shit. He's then told by a little girl named Pei, P-E-I, Pei, to return home to Kunlun. A lot of shit happens in the first issue, and Caracal Andrews is setting this up. So we have the flashback. We have that going on. We have the parents on the mountain. They're almost fucked. We don't know exactly what happens yet, but we are pretty sure that something bad's going to happen to them. Also, we have Danny. He's fucking this girl, Brenda, in the present. Also, he's getting attacked by ninjas. Also, there's a little girl from Kunlun there telling him to go back to Kunlun. What's happening to Kunlun? Well, nothing good. We'll find out. Second issue, a lot of moving in between the past and present here. I'm going to try to be as clear as I can, um, but who knows? So in the present, we're still in that hotel, we're still in that apartment. We're still with Pei, the little girl, the little monk from Kunlun, and she's being implored by this girl on account of some fuckery that's happening there. There's some fuckery happening with the royal family there. We don't really know what's happening yet, but she's like, you have to go back to Kunlun. Cut back to the past. We find out that Harold, Danny's uh, dad's business partner, Harold Meacham, after he sends that flare-up, purposefully lets go of Danny's father, who's holding onto a cliff. So there's an avalanche. Danny's father's holding onto the side of a cliff, Harold's holding him up, and then Harold, who's fucking Danny's mom, is like, oh, I see opportunity here. And he lets him go, and Danny's dad dies. Unsurprisingly, Danny's mom gets pissed, and they leave that fuck Harold and climb the mountain by themselves. Something bad happens to Harold on that mountain. He gets paralyzed, but we don't know that, but I'll just tell you that now. He gets paralyzed on his way down the mountain, and... That's no good for him. But Danny and his mom are traveling the other way. And after a little bit of traveling up the mountain, they're confronted by a bunch of wolves who tear her to pieces in front of Danny. Which is fucking crazy, right? <laughs> I feel like there's a Green Arrow uh, story that I read one time. Where the the origin of Green Arrow has been told a bunch of times. I mean, because the characters existed since the 1940s. But I feel like there was a story once where his origin was that his parents were eaten by a fuck ton of wolves. Or lions. Or some kind of gigantic cat or dog animal. Um, before, before she gets eaten by a bunch of wolves, though, her last wish. Uh, not wish, but her last sort of request of Danny is that he gets revenge on Harold Meacham for what Harold did to his father. Anyway, Danny is still up on that mountain and it's snowing. She was kind of a little short sighted on this. She goes, all right, uh, bunch of wolves, uh, got a son. Uh, runaway son in the snow. I bet you'll get, what, 20 feet while I get eaten by these wolves? And then these wolves are going to fuck you up, man. <laughs> she didn't think about this. She didn't think about it. But luckily for her, she would have just waited a little bit. She could have gotten saved too. Luckily for her, there are the folks of Kunlun are there and they save Danny. He's saved by these mountain people. And 
they take him in and we'll, we'll see what happens later. But uh, spoiler alert, they teach him Kung Fu and shit. So in the present, Danny goes to the entrance of Kunlun that's under the Rand building. Apparently, there's a fucking ton of entrances to the to to this place Kunlun. One of them is in the Tibetan mountains that his dad was trying to find. The one of the other ones is under Rand Tower, which his dad owned, and he just didn't know there was a fucking entrance to Kunlun there the whole time. Once he gets to the other side, once Danny finally gets back to Kunlun where he was raised, everything's in chaos. There's fucking destruction in the city. Everything's on fire. None of the people there, the UT, the leader of Kunlun is fucking, like, everything is fucking on fire and in shambles. Uh, We still don't really know what has happened yet. That's the end of issue two. Issue three. On those mountains, when Danny is saved by those uh, people from Kunlun, he's taken under the tutelage of Lei Kung, the Thunderer, his master. And through the tutelage of Lei Kung, he's reborn Daniel Rand Kai. So they add this Kai at the, to the end of his name. I don't know anything about this culture, so I don't know why they did that, but it's like a good thing. Um, present day. So there are folks who are looking for Danny Rand. He has gone through this interdimensional portal to the land of Kunlun. Um, Brenda, that girl who we don't know much about, we just know she's interested in Danny, and Pei are still there. Danny is in the city of Immortals. He's in Kunlun, um, and he is looking for his sensei, Lei Kung, who raised him from a little boy. He finds Lei Kung, and Lei Kung is decapitated as shit. The most decapitated that you can get. We find out now that, and this is where they break it to us, that Danny Rand was given a choice when he was elevated to the rank of the Iron Fist. His choice was, can I, or his choice was, if you stay here in Kunlun, in this land, you'll be an immortal, and you'll protect this realm. You'll be the Iron Fist, like the Green Lantern of Kunlun. He could have stopped this from happening if he would have said yes. He said no, though, because he wanted to keep that promise that he made to his mother. The promise being, I will get revenge on Harold Meacham. So he chose death instead of immortality so he could get vengeance on Harold Meacham. In so doing, he finds out that on his way down from that mountain, Harold Meacham got real fucked up, paralyzed, disabled, and by the time he found him, he was a shell of himself, and killing him was a real bitch. And what also happened because of his decision was Kunlun was laid siege in this moment, and he wasn't there to protect his sensei, to protect the UT, to protect the leaders, to protect the people he'd grown up with, to protect the people who had taken care of him. So he fucked up two worlds. Um, cut to from that, when he finds his, his sensei decapitated the hospital. They found Pei. I don't know who they is, but they got her. Um, later, I wrote that in my notes, but later you find out that it's Davos. It's uh, Sparrow's sister. We'll find out who Sparrow is in a second. But it's uh, Davos and people from Kunlun who want to set up a, a new city, a new Kunlun in this dimension, in Earth. 
So we cut back to Danny Rand. He's depressed. Everything is torn to shit. The place that he grows up, uh, that he grew up in is fucked up. And he's wandering the mountains outside of Kunlun where he lost his father in that snow where that avalanche hit. And he encounters a gigantic robotic weird thing that has his dad's face. And that's the end of issue number three. That thing that has his dad's face, very important. <laughs> It'll come back. Issue number four is just an extended flashback about Danny Rand's fuckfest with that reporter from issue number one, Brenda. Remember Brenda. Don't forget Brenda. Brenda's important. Um, we also find out that his dad's uh, reanimated robot monster was the thing that killed Lei Kung the Thunderer, his sensei. Um, he also, that robot thing, claims that his powers were stolen to infuse the power of the Iron Fist in Danny. So that thing is like, you robbed me of my power. Like the fact, the reason that you're Iron Fist and that you have that power, you took that from me somehow. But we don't know what the fuck that even means because we don't know what the fuck this thing is. But the last thing that this gigantic thing does before it leaves and um, crosses over to the other side to help build new Kunlun is he shatters Daddy, Danny Rand's fists, which is wildly symbolic. Um... You know, because he needs his fist because one of them's made of iron and can fuck shit up. Issue number five. So Danny was confronted by the monster with his dad's face um, and realizes that it's, and this is a, one of his many realizations. So what Danny does throughout this issue and throughout this, this, this run is he associates that gigantic robotic thing, which we later find out is called The One, um, and it was built by this like crazy, <laughs> crazy fucking uh, short mechanic named Fu. We find out that what Danny's doing is he's projecting all of his father figures, all of the people who raised him, his sensei, his father, um, the person that he um, beat during his final challenge to become the Iron Fist. All of those people, all of those people um, who show up throughout his life, he's projecting onto them. He also finds out that the person that he beats to become the Iron Fist sort of lets him win. Um, in the in in the comic and the lore, it's 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 portrayed as a rite of passage that you have to beat, and if you lose against the this this final boss battle, basically to become the Iron Fist, um, then you die and you can't become it. And that it's a test of might, it's a test of merit. And when we find out that it's not really, it's sort of a they let you win um, if you're the one that they want to be the iron fist, you'll become the iron fist. If the UT and the, and the, and the elders and shit want you to be the iron fist, then you'll be the iron fist. Um, and the last thing is sort of a formality. Um, all the guys actually that he's beaten over the past, like however long he's been alive are there tormenting him in this moment where he's projecting onto this giant robotic monster, uh, what exactly his sort of past daddy issues are. They're manifesting on this giant robotic monsters. A rando dude from Kunlun, tiny, tiny little guy, this is Fu, saves him on an ice sled like they did all those years before, but his fists are still fucked up. And so it's this at this moment where we start not really knowing what's real <laughs> um, about 
this world. So Kunlun becomes something very uh, sort of ephemeral, and Danny goes in and out of consciousness. The artwork also becomes very wispy, um, and things, things become a little ambiguous. Where they're not ambiguous is in the real world where we cut to in issue five um, to find that uh, Pei, the little monk girl who got Danny ran into this whole fucking mess and alerted him of what was happening in Kunlun. And Brenda, remember Brenda, the woman who was interested in Danny Rand, but we don't really know who she is, that they're still fighting Davos um, and those other ninja nurses at the hospital. Um, During a chase, something falls out of Pei's bag. And we find out that it's an egg that unleashes the dragon Shao Lao into the real world. So Shao Lao is reincarnated every time there's an iron fist. And this particular incarnation is called Grok. Um, and Pei has Grok. This is the last known incarnation of Shao Lu. And Pei has her, and he's in the earth side of this fucking Rand portal right now. And in the middle of all this fighting, as these ninjas are trying to like uh, secure this area... And they're also chasing her to get this thing back. They realize that, oh, she has them, and the thing hatched, and it's a tiny little dragon. That's where we end issue five. We begin issue six, open. That dragon that Pei unleashed at the end of the fish issue, fifth issue, turns out to be a baby version of Shaolu, like I said, named Grok, and is not very destructive or effective after all. <laughs> and the, at the end of the fish, fifth issue, it's just kind of like a close-up on his face. And then at the beginning of the sixth issue, you zoom out and you realize it's a baby dragon. <laughs> and the baby dragon kind of sucks ass. <laughs> um, so we leave them there and we cut to outside of Kunlun. So Danny is taken by Fu to the uh, this little hut. Um, and a woman there is helping him. And the woman turns out to be a girl that he had a crush on in Kunlun as a child. Her name is Sparrow. Um, she's been blinded by Davos. Before Davos went to Earth to start conquering shit, he plucked out his sister's eyeballs. So she's been blinded. Um, Danny doesn't have fists. He's been debilitated. Um, they're the basically the resistance to Davos and the one and all the people who are fucking up Earth and they're in Kunlun and they're in real bad shape. So we established that there. And then meanwhile, in the real world, Davos and the one have staked their claim to the new Kunlun on Earth. Its capital, the center of the new Kunlun on Earth is Rand Tower. So it's getting interesting, getting interesting. And that's the end of the first six-issue arc. That's called Rage. Um, the first arc is called Rage. second arc is called Redemption. So Rage, just to, just to uh, encapsulate and summarize, is the story of the origin story of Danny Rand. The story of him getting lost up on the mountain, his father basically being murdered through neglect, his mother being murdered by a bunch of wolves. He's being saved by... Um, these people who take him to the land of Kunlun, where he is trained by a guy named Lei Kang. Lei Kang changes the name to Daniel Rankai. Um, he rises up the ranks. He meets a girl named Sparrow. He has a crush on her. Um, he's given the test of the Iron Fist. He passes the test. They let him pass the test. They let everyone pass the test. And then the dragon Shao Lao gives him the power of the Iron Fist, at which point he's given a choice. Do you want to be an immortal 
or and stay here and protect Kunlun, or do you want to go back to Earth and 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 become mortal and eventually die? He chooses death because he needs to go avenge the death of his father, the murder of his father, and the death of his mother by killing Harold Beecham, which he does. Meacham, sorry, which he does when he gets back to Earth. He kills this like fucking old ass dude who was paralyzed on that mountain. Then through a bunch of random shit that's happening in Kunlun, Kunlun is basically destroyed. Pei comes, gets him. Pei says, yo, you need to go back to Kunlun. He does. It's in shambles. Everything he knows is fucking destroyed. So he made a pretty bad decision leaving the first place. Issue number seven is called, uh, begins the arc called Redemption. So how are we going to fix all this nonsense? Uh, we start in Kunlun. In Kunlun, Danny is training with Sparrow. So Danny, no fists, Sparrow, no eyes. Um, he has to adapt to not having fist, which is an issue because that is literally where he gets his powers. He has no chi flowing through his hands. It's going to be a big deal if he has to come save Earth with no fucking hands. On Earth, we cut to Earth. In New York, the leaders of New Kunlun are rebuilding their kingdom with Rand Tower at the center. Brenda, who at this point is still an enigma and the and a fucking random cop, who I'm not going to get into the cop, but he does have more. He does more in the story than I give a fuck about um are in the hospital attempting to break in i don't remember why they're at the hospital they were initially at the hospital because pay was at the hospital i think um because she'd been injured but basically they're just they're 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 mounting a very very weak and meek resistance against the leaders of new kunlun cut back to kunlun meanwhile danny is being outfitted with some arm braces so Fu, the guy who saved him, the tiny guy who's a mechanic, and we'll find out a little bit more about him later. Um, he's outfitting Danny with some arm braces to protect his fists. The catch to these arm braces is that he can use them to have his fists work as regular fists, but if he fires off a chi-fueled punch, an iron fist punch, those shits are going to fucking explode. So he basically is just a regular-ass person now. Which is interesting because he has to learn how to use different things besides his fists, like his fucking punches and kicks and dodges and parries. And he's got to become real Muay Thai about this shit. Real Muay Thai. In issue eight, uh, this is where shit starts going crazy. With his new fucking fists in tow, Danny takes a Rand portal and ventures to the plane of death with his new mechanical hands. He hears his mother's cry as Yama, the Hades version of this hell, um, starts fucking with him and telling him shit, and that's not your mom, blah, 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 and she'll never be with you anymore. Danny fucks that dude up with his mechanical fists and encounters his mom. He tries to save her, but she's like, that's not how this works. I'm in hell. I'm dead. You have to go out there and represent for us in the real world. You got to fucking represent for me and your dad. So Danny emerges from hell, determined to redeem himself, hence the title of this arc, Redemption, and his family by putting the two worlds back together. In order to do that, he'll have to kill the One. So the One is that robotic monster that has his dad's face. Um, and this is a very, this is a clever issue. So this is the issue that sort of sets up the, the the more overarching themes. One of the recurring themes is Danny's similarities with the Buddha, which made me wretch initially, but I understand what the story premise is. 
the Buddha having like lived this sort of privileged life and being sheltered from the realities of the real world is forced to contend with uh, like the naked stark realities of depravity of not having shit of uh struggle of suffering that his rich ass uh father shielded him and protected him from so danny has to do the exact same thing he doesn't go off on his journey by himself he's forced into it and so he's forced into this journey of self-discovery and that's sort of where the similarities end um but it's also interesting that what he has to do is he has to kill the one, which always made me think of Neo, but it's not Neo. So he has to kill this fucking robot thing that he projects all of his daddy issues onto. And so basically what the the writer is telling us, what the writer slash artist, uh, Care Kyle Andrews, is telling us is that in order to live in their world again, in order to m- make those worlds distinct, in order to p- get everything back into a normal affairs, he has to come to terms with his father, which means he has to come to terms with his past. And that's a recurring theme throughout that Danny's obsessed with the past. He's obsessed with the past. The past is what took him from Kunlun into the world of, of, of the living and shit for vengeance and revenge because he was harping on that thing that his mom told him to do. And so basically he has to destroy, he has to kill the past. He has to come to terms with it by getting rid of it, by destroying it. And in doing that, that's how the fuck he'll be able to re- achieve some kind of normalcy. It's going to be hard, though, because Danny Rand, come to find out, is sort of a bitch. Um, so issue number nine starts. So Danny, Sparrow, and Fu are heading back to the world. So they've been gone for a long time. He saw his mom in hell. She was like, go out there and represent, represent Zant. Uh, he, he decided it's time for that redemption. It's time to join the worlds again. So Danny goes out there with a very, very, very fragile fist. Sparrow goes there with no eyes and food. The mechanic that built Danny's arms and made his sweet ass uniform, which he also gets at the end of issue eight, that yellow nonsense that he wears. Um, Take a Rand portal. Is it Rand portal? I can't remember what the fuck the name of the portals are. They're, portals in this shit are crazy. To New York City. Um, to the Rand Tower. As they're following through the sky, Fu, the little mechanic guy who saved him on the mountain, falls and crashes to his death. Or so we think. It's at that point that the Sparrow informs the Sparrow. That Sparrow informs Danny that Fu was executed years ago for building the one. He built the one, and as a result was executed because he wasn't supposed to do that. So this guy hasn't been there the entire time. Everything we associate with Fu, um, helping Danny travel to hell to see his mom, making the mechanical fists, making the yellow uniform, either they didn't happen or were put in motion by Danny himself. Sparrow can't tell us because she's blind, and this is a very super trippy fucking... A situation when they, when they when they said that this dude wasn't real, I was fucking losing my shit. I was like, "What? What? 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 Food's not real. Food's not real. I need some food." They get over it though, so they burst through the portal. Uh, food's not real. All right, we got that. Uh, we got to go to Rand Tower, and that's the capital city of New Kunlun, and we got to destroy New Kunlun. So they get to Rand Tower. 
Um, Sparrow immediately goes up to Davos, her brother slash the guy who plucked her eyes out, and fucking starts brawling with this motherfucker. And then Danny goes straight to the top of Rand Tower and goes to fight the one, go to face the one, the 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 robotic monstrosity created by Fu that has his father's face. He has to kill it. He has to destroy it. He has to destroy his father. He has to destroy the past. He has to get over it. He has to represent, represent Zent for his mom. So they fight, and Danny slices off his fists. <laughs> Anticlimactic as shit. They just fight for a little bit, and Danny slices off his fist. And then he gets wrecked by the guy's wrists. He comes down with the fucking gravity spikes from Call of Duty and goes, boom, or the fucking... Uh, down B that DK does or Bowser does or whatever the fuck just boom fuck you bro Danny gets wrecked through the center of the building and falls like a hundred stories when he stops falling he comes to on a floor that has tons of capsules and these capsules are filled with the people of Kunlun they're held in suspended animation and they're held in these little capsule things like the fucking Matrix because it turns out their life force, their chi, they, they keep talking about chi, so I'm just going to call it chi, is powering the building that the one is now the king of. It's, it's powering the building, it's powering the one, it's powering the capital city of New Kunlun. Fucking energy flowing crazy like throughout this building. So Danny is like, oh, what the fuck? There's all these fucking people in capsules and shit. And then the hallucination of Fu pops up again. And he's like, you have to harness the life energy. You have to harness the chi of those same people. And that will repower your fists. Oh, shit. And that's exactly what he does. Issue number 10. Danny punches the fuck out of the one. Powered with that fucking that fucking juice from all those people from Kunlun just fucking in his fist centralized he punches the fuck out of the one right in very very importantly through the face so he punches his father's face like boom straight through the goddamn face somehow that opens a giant wormhole between the two dimensions between heaven and earth which is exactly what the one wanted to happen. The one wanted to open that wormhole because he is Danny's father. I guess I guess this means that he's Danny's father because what he wants to do is open the the uh, a rift between heaven and earth to retrieve his mother, to retrieve Danny Rand's mom. Problem is that's not who comes out of the rift. A giant demon comes out of the rift. And they're like, "Uh uh-oh, holy shit. That's issue 10. Issue 11, we find out this demon named Zhu Rong, who is an actual, like, god um, in, I think, Chinese mythology. He's the god of fire, and he's the guardian of the universal order. Duh. Everyone knows who Zhu Rong is. So this thing emerges out of this rift between heaven and earth that was supposed to produce Danny's mom, but doesn't produce Danny's mom, produces him. And he's like, y'all been fucking with the wrong shit. Can't be opening the goddamn wormholes between the fucking dimensions. You do that shit, I'm going to have to come tune you up. So he starts fucking everything up with his fire sword and his fire beams. He blows a hole right through Danny's dad, a.k.a. the one. That shit explodes. And then here's where shit starts to get out of control. So remember that building, Rand Tower, that was being 
powered by the chi slash life force of the people from Kunlun? Well, Danny Rand has a brilliant idea to fight this demon, which is, I'm going to convert that thing, that building, that huge, gigantic skyscraper into a living being by harnessing the power and the chi of all of the people of Kunlun who are in it. And I'm going to use that building to fight the God of Fire. It's like the end of Power Rangers when they morph. No, that's not what it is. It's like when they fucking make the Voltron. He makes a Voltron out of this giant building. And so there's a building fighting against a God of Fire who's just this giant fuck that's it's like a flame-on situation. It's a total classic flame-on situation. It's goddamn Johnny Storm over here. So he's fighting, this building is fighting against this giant god, and it works for a hot second until the fire god just slices through and kills a bunch of Kun Lunars with his goddamn huge sword, just slices off like stories 60 through 40 or whatever the fuck, and people die and shit. And then Davos, that dickhole, he's still around. He was like fighting with his sister who doesn't have eyeballs. And it's like, how are you losing? She's blind as shit. And she's not Daredevil. She doesn't see fire and rain or whatever the fuck Daredevil sees. Uh, and then they sort of merge up for a little bit. And they're like, we have to get back to Kunlun. And then he, and then uh, Sparrow's like, we can't, we can't leave Danny here. And so he's up there. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he fucking kills Gork, the baby dragon, and the last known incarnation of Shu Lao. That fucking dragon that gives Iron Fist power. And this is a huge fucking problem. So now we have Iron Fist powers gone. We have the fucking fire god slicing through this goddamn building that has all these Kun Lunars in it. Like, what do we do? What do we do? Well, this is what we do. Danny regroups and through some pseudoscience realizes that iron... Not fire, not chi, literally iron clashing with fire at that level would create a supernova that would explode or implode, whatever the case is, scientifically, hashtag science, the god of fire into a million fucking pieces. So, I mean, it's just an idea. <laughs> Danny Rand fucking mm, loads up a Conor McGregor, Anthony Rumble Johnson, Dan Hendo Henderson type fist and fucking just mollywops the God of Fire with this huge iron fist. And it works. This fucking dude goes supernova and fucking explodes and creates a few other stars. Because that's what happened when a supernova explodes. It regroups into other stars. And one of the other stars coalesces inside of Pei, the little girl monk who brought Gork to Earth and warned Danny in the first issue about the troubles in Kunlun. Which means that she's now an Iron Fist. The last one, too, because all the dragons have disappeared. Or so we think. Issue number 12. Last issue. Tying up a bunch of loose ends. So, Foo, remember that guy. Real, not real. He saves Danny, or does he save Danny? Who saves Danny? Danny probably saved himself. Who made his mechanical fucking arms? Maybe those didn't exist. Well, who sent him to hell? He obviously didn't go to hell. That place is fake as fuck. So, 
Fu pops up and we're like, oh, this guy is fake as fuck. Mm-mm. Turns out he's actually revived at the end of the comic because there's some type of programming in the one that would bring him back if the one was destroyed. I didn't understand it. I didn't stick around to figure it out. Uh, Sparrow is appointed the UT, the leader of Kunlun. So they uh, democratically elect her to lead Kunlun and to recover from all of the fucking disaster that's happening there. Pei, the little girl who got the Iron Fist, is left with Danny. They're both Iron Fists, so he's supposed to train her. He's supposed to be her Lei Kang. He's supposed to be the Thunderer. The Thunderer is the name given to, like, the person who trains the Iron Fist. Cut to three months later. So Danny is Pei's master. Um, he's introducing her to the ways of the Iron Fist, and he introduces her to this book. This book is a gigantic book with a bunch of blank pages. They're blank to everyone except the Iron Fists, of which there are 66 or something like that. And so he's like, there's a bunch of different insights in this book, some incantations for some spells and stuff um, that only the Iron Iron Fists can see. And... Even some of the pages are blank to Iron Fists, and the reason they're blank is because um, the person who's looking at it, the Iron Fist who's looking at it, isn't as wise, um, isn't as wise as he would need to be or she would need to be in this case to read those pages. And so we're left kind of, hmm, hmm, cut to a date with Brenda. Remember Brenda? We're going to find out who Brenda is. So throughout this series, we've sort of seen that Brenda has shown an aptitude for Kung Fu and has been like very attached and very obsessed with talking with Danny and we don't know why. So they fall in love and they've been seeing each other for a little bit and Danny's about to ask her to move in with him and he's about to say that he loves her and all this shit and all of a sudden she just starts beating the fuck out of him. Fucking kicks, fucking turns over the table, punches fucking elbows, throws him out of the window, they're falling, he fucking is trying to save her and not hurt her while also defending himself. And whatever. And you're like, what the fuck? What's, what's happening? In the midst of the beatdown, we find out who she is. So a long time ago, her father went on a business trip in the mountains with a family of three. His business partner, his business partner's wife, who he was, uh, incidentally banging and his business partner's son. Yep. She's Harold Meacham's daughter. And when he died, just like Danny, Brenda promised her mom she'd get revenge for the paralysis that Meacham contracted from that avalanche accident that she would avenge all of the fucking pain that her father felt because of that fucking avalanche. So after that, uh, her mom dies like a couple days later um, because of the heartache, and she starts, Brenda starts learning MMA, all the shit, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, Boxing, Krav Maga, Jiu-Jitsu, 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 and she's learning it with the intent of killing Danny, the last known Rand family member. Problem is, they fell in love. God damn it. So she doesn't want to have to face the pain of killing him. But she has a bright idea. She pulls a gun out, points it at her own head, and pulls the trigger. That's how she'll get him back. 
she doesn't want to have to kill him, but she wants him to suffer somehow for this. She wants to keep her promise. And so what she does is she kills herself. Problem is Iron Fist is fast as fuck, and he has an iron fist. (laughs) So he reaches out and stops the bullet from hitting her in the head. They're sitting there, and she sort of slumps off after that, and Danny's like, shit. Cut two. He goes home that night, depressed as fuck. He opens the door to find out that Pei, that little girl, has managed to use the Iron Fist book to do something that he didn't know you could do, which is resummon Gork, the dragon. Awesome, right? No. Issue was that the spell that she casts incantation she used from the book didn't just resummon Gork resummoned all the dragons so there's 66 dragons just on earth fucking shit up fire everywhere Luke Cage is in the house too and he's like hey what are we gonna do about this (laughs) and Danny Rand's like okay we'll kill 66 dragons now cause I'm sad about girls And that's the end of the book, man. So, at the end of the day, I enjoyed this. I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it for a lot of different reasons. One of the reasons I enjoyed it was because it was a writer-artist who was able to tell the story of Iron Fist in an interesting way. I'd be interested to go back and read some of the... um, Some of the... uh, What do you call them? Some of the uh, original... Iron Fist stories, his origin, um, to see how this jibes with that. And I think Chris Claremont wrote, Chris Claremont of X-Men fame, wrote a lot of Iron Fist stories. So I'd be interested to go back and read those and then to read some of the Iron Fist Luke Cage stuff because that just seems like it's a lot of fun. So that's one of the reasons I like the comic. Also, the art style is very interesting. I, I wouldn't say I liked it, but it was definitely interesting and it held my attention. Um, the story was fun. I think the, the, the through line with Brenda and and the way that it was wrapped up, it was, it was well plotted and things like that. And it was a little confusing to, to, to recount because of all the moving parts. Um, it does, it make me more excited to watch the series. Yes. I think it does make me more excited to watch the series because I do have, even though I don't like the character that much, I do have a little bit of an attachment to him now. Because whenever you read source material, you you become a dick in a lot of ways. Um, you become the person who can mind the switch on the quality. You you can be the one who says, oh, this, is, this isn't how they did it here. Or this is how they did it here. Um, and that's always an interesting place to be in. Because I know when I'm having those thoughts that I'm being a dick and I'm being unfair. But I can also now have the wherewithal to have those thoughts. Because I know a little something about Danny Rand. Um, I'm also looking forward to reading a little bit more before the series starts. Um, I know Ed Brubaker had this very good series, um, or at least critically acclaimed series. It came out in an earlier 2000, 2006 or something like that. And there's an ongoing series with Iron Fist and stuff. So I don't know. I'll probably check a few out. One thing that I have gotten a little more comfortable doing as not being a completionist so I can just read a few issues of, of Iron Fist here and there and I don't have to read an entire run I did an entire run this time because I knew that this was the origin story and so I just kind of wanted to 
know what the whole origin story is, although this is a, obviously a variation. It had all of the crucial parts there. So be interested to see uh, the series and report back on it. I should maybe have that for y'all two Wednesdays from now, and so that would be the 29th. Um, anyway, follow me at Twitter, Lightshots, L-I-T-E-S-H-O-T-S. Email interruptionsmedia at gmail.com if you have any type of shit that you want to send my way. Send it my way. Send it my way. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. I never say that, but I should say that every time. And I'll see you on the next one. Bye. You ever seen a nerd speak in thin air? You ever seen such comic book flair? You ever seen two, three, four, five nerds fight and argue over made-up words? Superman, Batman, and the Green Martian approach these worlds with Supreme Court shed. Listen to us as we rant and rave. Flip and follow on to the next page. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.